Welcome to the Saint to City and Me, a podcast delivering audio love letters to and from the City of New Orleans and our New Orleans Saints. This week, we are uh, delighted to welcome a good friend of ours. I think in the global scheme of things, I can call him a neighbour because he lives literally five minutes from me in the car. Welcome our friend Matt. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, thanks. Who that? Who that? Evening, Matt. Who that? Who that? Just, just for anybody tuning in at the moment, it's about minus four in the UK and... Uh, Dan's got a radiator between his thighs. I have. I have. I, I, I can attest to it because anyone on camera, I literally have it here. What's the make so, of it? See if we, you know, maybe get tagged them in. Anyway. Yes, sponsorship, <laughs> podcast sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're all good gents, apart from being cold. I think Matt's a little bit more snugly warm indoors than yeah. Mike and I, I are in the, uh, in the outside bars. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone so that I could uh, stick on this uh, dirty glorious. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at yeah. that. He's even wearing. He's able to wear a baseball cap whilst I've got a the, a nice thick beanie on to keep my bald head as warm as uh, warm as I possibly can. <laughs> but I su- my commitment to my art, my suffering. <laughs> yeah, he, he's as, showing as off with a t-shirt for, as well. Yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's a nice T-shirt and, and the Pels cap and the Pels on in the background. I love to see it. Yeah, Pels on in the background, beating the Mavs. Is that your little um, so, sanctuary that you're in there, Matt? Yeah, this um, we're in the top of the house. Uh, the rest of the house, there's no actual evidence that I live here. <laughs> so uh, that, that sounds remarkably, remarkably sounds like my house as well. Uh, we, yeah. We've currently we've currently got our house on the market, and people come in. They they are obviously aware that a woman has sort of a the makeup of the house is all down to the female, and then thankfully they do trot over to my bar and realise that a man does live here as well. So yeah, that's all it's, good. It's the same here, and until you get up two flights of stairs, there's no evidence that I live here at all. Power <laughs> to the women of the world. <laughs> oh, you, you just find little fleur de lis spotted around in my house. Just randomly in different places, mm. and a PlayStation. That's probably about it. And downstairs, <laughs> yeah. <fair laughs> so, Matt, um, how are you feeling about the Saints? The the season for us is all done, dusted. Uh, what what were your thoughts on the season? Um, how do you feel? I think one word: frustrated, um, mm. and that's got to come across for for most people. Um, I did. Uh, I did go to the uh, to the Superdome this year. Um, I saw the game against Tampa, uh, which is Ooh. frankly one of the worst games. <laughs> it was one of the worst games of the season. Um, yep. Uh, and to to travel all the way to New Orleans and not even see us put up a touchdown was uh, was pretty brutal. Yeah, um, I, I put I put I th- I think probably our that that and the Rams were the two most disappointing displays that the team put on and there were plenty of them unfortunately yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really game. glad to hear that you were at one of them Matt <laughs> well that Bucks game is one where I was so despondent I listened to about 12 podcasts the next day because I just couldn't mm. work out what was going wrong yeah the good thing about being in yours there's plenty of places to then go and drown your sorrows oh. afterwards yeah, the, the the beauty of the city, you know, it's absolutely it's brilliant when they win, but actually, you know, there is, you can find some solace even in defeat, can't you? Because, you know, you go to one of your favourite spots and um, yeah, just drink drink your troubles away for a period of time. 
that was a really good night actually because um uh after the game a couple of hours later we went to see um kes the band which is a trinidadian soccer artist um and i've never seen anyone with so much energy on stage before that you completely forgot all about the saints um uh, yeah really good night all uh caribbean music mm. uh, and plenty of rum <laughs> I think um, I, I think that'll be a reoccurring theme during this pod rum with uh, with you, my friend. <laughs> so um, yeah, so yeah, it was disappointing. Um, you know, the playoffs are on, and you sort of you look at some of the results that have gone on, and you think, oh, if we had snuck in, maybe there would have been an opportunity. I don't personally think there would have been. I think defensively, we possibly would have got shredded. Um, Offensively, we may have put on a performance, but you know we didn't deserve. I think to be it depends on where we'd where we'd finished, though, didn't it? I would have felt a lot yeah. more comfortable playing the Eagles as they've finished the season. Like if you look at a tale of two teams, the Eagles finished the season abysmally. Yeah. And we we looked like we was getting a bit of a hot hand. Yes, we were playing against poor teams and where else, but winning breeds winning. Um, yeah, and it can that can get you on a run. Uh, I'm not so sure I would have been as comfortable playing a team as a wild card. Um, yeah. That. But in a one-off game, you've always yeah. got a puncher's chance. And, you know, and like you say, the Eagles have sort of backslid into the playoffs. The Bucks have backslid into the playoffs. There's some bad teams. I, I mean, look mm. at the way mm. that Green Bay turned up um, oh. against Dallas. I mean, you know, where's that team been all season? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my friend actually messaged me last night watching the game and he said, are they this good, Green Bay? And I was like, the Cowboys have been one of the better teams in the league all season. And Green Bay, this is the best they've played. I said, it's playoff football. It's just Jordan Love is was the cream coming to the top last night, I think. And I watched, I didn't watch all the game, but I watched some of it. And that drive, and I think they went 21 up and he just carved them apart, went out wide to the tight end and then put another ball there. He just didn't look phased at all in his first ever no. playoff game. I thought it was fantastic. No, I, 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 watched, I watched both of the games last night and he was incredibly composed i think i put up on one of the groups that this that wasn't the qb that we played early in the year which obviously and it wouldn't be because you know he's he's still in theory a rookie isn't he in the league you know he hasn't he hasn't really taken many snaps up until this season and he was playing himself into the league at the beginning of the year but i mean hit the back half of his season i think he's got the best qb stats of so anyone in the league he's 25 he's mm. been in the league he was drafted the same year that we drafted Caesar Ruiz. So it was like four years in the league. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Penix is 24. Yeah. Some of these quarterbacks that are coming out this year are a year younger than him and he's got four years experience on them. Oh, yeah. A great player, and he'd have done it again. Green Bay yeah. bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing missing from making it a complete performance was an apology by Dennis Allen for running up the score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was desperate for them to do a 50 burger on him. I was absolutely desperate for it. But I mean, yeah, okay. So it, it was very, it, it felt very much like a Saints game because if you'd looked at the result, having not watched the game, you would have thought, oh, what a game. That must have been absolutely electric. And it wasn't. It was over in the first half when they went 20, what was it, 27 up. And it was just like, and yeah, again, that was a moment to celebrate. Uh, me and Dan were talking prior to coming on. And I hate the Cowboys with a passion. I just absolutely hate them. This this America's team thing gets on my tits, no end. But um, anyway. <laughs> well, I was texting Mike last night. The you know the old 
terrorist chant for UK football yeah. texting sacked in the morning. McCarthy's <laughs> getting sacked in the morning. Well, he hasn't been sacked yet, as far as I'm aware, but it can't be far off. Uh, no. Jerry, Jerry will pull the trigger. Uh, you mentioned running up the score there, Matt. How do we feel about uh, victory formation gate? We haven't had a pod since that. I love, it. I love it. We should do, we should do it every time to Atlanta. It should become, <laughs> it should become a tradition. I am all yeah. about that shit houseery. I, I, it's what it's what rivalry's there for. Uh, yeah, I sort mm. of get the fact that they go, "Oh, you lined up," and we wasn't expecting it. But apparently, we said to them, "We're going to run this. We're lining up like this, but we're going to run it." Is what the players said. I, I, I love it. Yeah. Run the score up yeah. on them. Get Arthur Smith fired. Yeah. One of my favourite things was like as as a soccer fan, football fan, is when you played a team that were doing awful and you'd smash them and you would sing getting sacked in the morning and the manager would get sacked the next day and you loved it <laughs> because you felt like we were the final now in that person's coffin. As a Spurs fan, I've been on the other end of that many times when we've been yeah. shockingly bad and we've had it sung to us and the manager's gone. Like when we got done, was it 7-1 by Liverpool and Andre Villas-Boas was like at the door next morning and stuff like that. It's yeah. just like, that's what rivalry's about. It's what we enjoy well, about it. And I don't, when, I don't think American the, sports um, necessarily have it as, as broadly as we do. They don't, because I remember after after we did it, and I, I think I was in a little bit of a, a drunken haze, but I put something out on Twitter, which is almost to the point that you're making, Dan, that if Arsenal were playing your boys and we were 5-1 up and we got a penalty in the last minute and the guy just tapped it to the keeper's hand, you, he'd be lynched. In this country, because you just want to rub your 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 rival's nose it's not, in it as yeah. much as and it's you not can. even just top flight football. Matt, you 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 support a team that's in, not in the Premier League, but you have the same thing with your rivals. It's still the same passion between like Charlton and Gillingham and, and teams like that, isn't it? It's, it's across the oh, board. That's, oh, that's, a low, that's a low blow. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't intended as a low blow. It really wasn't. It was it was merely a reflection that. That's it doesn't a, matter if you're a, in league. That's a, I don't. I don't recognise. Um, I don't recognise Gillingham as uh, as rivals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who's Charlton's rivals now? Then I always thought he's Gillingham. I, I, I'd say, so um, historically, it's uh, it's Palace and Millwall. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, Palace. Yeah. Um, yeah Millwall's, the, Millwall's the closest. Is the clo as the crow flies. Um, and then there's the whole Palace rivalry. And that really mostly came around during the late 80s when um, uh, Charlton uh, lost the lease to the Valley and ended up having to ground share at Sellers Park. And the oh, I remember. Yeah, the animosity for that continued for years. Um, I, I don't know if you remember that after Alan Kerbishley, we... Um, uh, we took on Ian Dowie as the manager for a bit. He left his <laughs> yeah. contract at Palace to come to us, but he told Simon Jordan, who was the chairman at the time, that it's because he wanted to move back up to his um, family up north. So there were all these T-shirts with Ian Dowie on it, and it said, uh, Charlton Athletic, 7.8 miles north of Croydon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is, that's the <laughs> That's the level of petty that you have with yeah, your life. Yeah. So yeah, if you absolutely. get the ball off the one-yard line and you've got the opportunity to punch it in and run up the score, you damn well, you damn well better take it. Hey, look, and we, we yeah. know how petty New Orleans is, so God, yeah. I mean, you, you're not ingratiating yourself with that city if you then go after your own players after they, they've been as petty as they were. Yeah. I would. I mean, the, the question remains is, um, you know, why is Jameis Winston 
not on every single press day. Because yeah. he is the guy to send out to the press and to the media, and he is hilarious. And you just want to see, um, uh, you know, the 800 facial expressions of Jameis Winston during one interview. And uh, yeah. he was definitely, yeah. but he was definitely the guy to send out to the media. With, and, and, you know, he made some really good points. Like, you know, if um, Tyron Matthew didn't have, like, really, really old legs and hadn't fallen over at the one-yard line, <laughs> um, you know, would that have been disrespectful if he'd have actually managed to get in? Yeah, it, it was the, it, the whole thing was the victory formation. But as Dan said, if they've if they've said to him, look, we're running this, then you have to be prepared for it. I don't know if you saw there was I a think clip we should have gone for two. On the, should yeah, gone for two. On a, a Saints there was Jameis yeah. <laughs> at a second line. I don't know if you saw that clip and there was some woman who was filming him. Was that the second line? With his I kids? haven't watched it yet. I've seen, a, I've seen a screenshot of it. Oh, my God, yeah. And... Jameis being Jameis is like this woman is going off effing and jeffing and disrespecting this one and that one, but saying she loves Jameis. And all Jameis is saying is like, praise the Lord and hallelujah. And it's a, it's a quality clip because this, this woman is going off and Jameis is just trying to keep it, you know, let, let's think about the Lord and uh, let's keep it that way. It, it is a funny clip. Go and search it out. Do you think, I think that's one of the big, um, you know, I think that's one of the big differences in terms of uh, UK sport, though, especially football. Like, we desperately don't want to give any of our rivals any respect whatsoever. No. No. Oh, God, no. None at all. No. None at all. And there's nothing, <laughs> you know, there, there, there's nothing better when a player or a manager fully disrespects your rival. That, that ingratiates anyone into the heart that, you know... Yet again, Jimmy Graham and his post where he came out in defence of Jameis and then he just says, fuck the Falcons at the end. I mean, Jimmy doesn't need to be any bigger a hero in the city than he is, but if it was possible, he became an even bigger hero purely because of that post. Yeah, just disrespect your rivals as much as you can and your fans will love you forever. I tried desperately to fit <laughs> into my uh, Jimmy Graham jersey uh, this season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, unfortunately, I bought it a decade ago, just after I got married, and I had the whole wedding diet going on. You know, yeah. ten years in a pandemic later, um, yeah, I was just, I just wasn't fit for uh, human consumption anymore. Would you? I, you, you, I uh, God damn, sorry, go, Mike. No, go, go, go. No, I was going to say, what, did you? Um, when you put it on, did you have the uh, the the Saints bitch tits? Yeah, you know, of a certain individual. It, yeah, the it, it. Yeah, yeah. It looked. Um, uh, yeah, I, I looked like a shrunk uh, Michelin man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, just imagine coming there says, "What do you think, love?" Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> help you out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. Thing, during the. Um, during the World Cup, or it might have been the Euros, I don't know if it's England got to the semis or, or got to the final, and I pulled all of my old England shirts out of the loft, and I said, oh, I can fit back in this one from 1998. Like, <laughs> 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 no, it's not going on. Jesus yeah, I feel Christ. you can have that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, so, that, are, we, that, are we expecting... So, we've got Matt? No, I was, I was saying, yeah, there's, there's a fine line between um, still got it and ready for hand-me-down. 
<laughs> yeah. Here you go, son. It's yeah. your legacy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. no, uh, so the Saints sent all the coaches on holiday last week, mm. what I understand. No one has gone yet on the offense. I don't expect there to be any changes on defense because obviously that's a that's an indictment against DA. Um couple of player, couple of uh, Joel Thomas interviewing for the job at the Giants. We think a wholesale changes in that, the that That's that's interesting, isn't it? Because they're allowing them to look at sideways opportunities, which I think which is, is telling which says telling. says something, I think, about the whether it's the mindset of the organization or the scapegoating of the organization, it's one or the other, isn't it? Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, today, yeah. And today is the day, you know, all the beat writers are saying is that where we should be hearing some news, but obviously we're, um, we're six hours ahead. So don't know if anything's going to, has been dropped or is going to drop. Yeah. I found, I found some of the writers a bit, uh, sporadic in their comments some of them i'm not going to name anyone in particular but some of them feel as though they're trying to please several different people in what they're writing at the moment and i think it's um it's a bit confusing as a fan to really work out what the true true story mm. is um and obviously as writers they need to protect their sources and they need to make sure that they keep the information flowing but it feels like some of them are are struggling to put a coherent message across which is consistent um if you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, it's this, but no, you should be happy with a nine. We won nine games, but also this person needs this needs to change. But DA is doing all right, but maybe Pete should go. But they actually is Pete okay? It's a little bit all over the place, I think. Um, and maybe mm -hmm. that's just a reflection of the, what's coming out of the organisation more so than the writers. But mm. yeah, this is also the time of the year for writers, though, where if you stick your head like right out of the parapet, you know something's likely to happen, you're, and you're going to end up looking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I know. You know yeah. It's the time to say, you know, to say not much at all until until things happen. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and cool. although we know, you know, we know DA is not going anywhere, but you know, the amount of um, top level sort of coaches that are on the market, and you never know, something could happen whereby. And you're right; it's let, don't say anything too stupid because you know plenty of um, plenty of people who were. Uh, beat writers or wannabe beat writers have said stuff on Twitter, especially in the Saints community, and I've been ridiculed for it for for years after. But that's one of the things that I've been frustrated this season is Jeff still getting a lot of stick, Jeff Duncan. Mm. Actually, he was one of, the, one of the first writers at the start of the season saying, I don't think it's as great as you all think it is, and there are holes here. And everyone was like, no, 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 it's, you know, it's yeah. going to be great. We, we look fantastic. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And he's still getting a bit of bit of crap now um but actually he was he was probably the most on the money at, at that point um i'm not blowing smoke I, he, genuinely he was the first one to say not sure about this d-line um i think they're weak here the week there but yeah as you say mike years and years preconceptions from years and years ago that have stuck with stuck with one that yeah. to all of them yeah yeah and you know we've had jeff on the pod and he's fully he's fully aware of um how he's viewed by certain sections of of the Saints fan base, um, and you know, once you know, yeah, again, it, it's it's not only the Saints fan base; a lot of fan base like that. You say something that people find unforgivable, and they they will never forgive you. So you know that you know it is what it is. Um, 
but it, it, the, the bottom line is you just want you just want to hear something because yeah at the back end of the season the offense looked like it was starting to cook in some regard it looked like obviously you know let's be you know Derek Carr has got an, an absolute shedding um from everybody um on on Saints Twitter to be fair to him, he looked really decent in the last, you know, maybe four or five games. And, uh, you know, even his most severe critics at times have said, if that had been the car that we had got throughout the season, that would have been fine because that would have been the car that we were expecting. Anywhere between 10 and 15, yeah, that would have been okay. So that that does make you worry because you're saying about the mixed messages, Dan. It is this thing because everybody just expected, you know, Pete Carmichael to be gone. That was it. That, that was a given. But the messages are now, well, they look at what they looked like when Carr was fit and where the O-line was a little bit better. And and now suddenly you don't know, do you? You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Did it take them half a season to get up to speed? That's the question. Mm. Yeah. 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 And yet again, every, you know, other, other pods have talked about, you know, Carr in his first year in an offence is not great. You know, that's been proven historically throughout his career, you know, but obviously, there, there were the injuries, which, to be fair, Carl didn't talk about himself initially. They were spoken about by others on his behalf. So he obviously wasn't 100% fit. But then that falls into that problem. Well, if he wasn't 100% fit, you've got, you've got a QB who's played yeah. years in the league. Put him in there. But they've got... Um, obviously, Cam Jordan came out and, and said about the injuries he'd been dealing with during the season. Now, these are yeah. all things that we didn't... I mean, I listened to New Orleans football, and, and Brooke brought it up, and she mentioned. It, and Nick was quick to say they don't hide injuries. These weren't injuries that needed to be on the or weren't. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't they were hiding from the injury report. But you hear this with every team at the end of every season. Players come out, and whether it's the players hiding the injuries, or I, I just sometimes don't know if it helps the team players playing through, or whether they'd be better off just to recuperate for a couple of weeks and and let the next man next man up have a go. Mm. I think what gets but, me about yeah. I think about what gets me about the season. I go back to frustrated at, at you know at the beginning because you know we have won nine games. Yeah, we've beaten some really bad teams, and yeah. we've been just out of it in some games. You know, you think about all the games that we lost by a um, you know by one or two scores where you know we were sort of in it, but we weren't really in it up right yeah. up until the end. And you think maybe another three or four wins, and then you're banging it in the playoffs. And there's something that's even worse about that than just getting beat week in, week out and getting beaten solidly and soundly. Being so close is probably what makes it even worse. You know, I I, I remember, you know, when I used to watch the Saints uh, back in my university days uh, on a 21-inch CRT TV on Channel 5 <laughs> late at night, you, know, you, could, you could always rely on Aaron Brooks to fumble the ball at the three-yard line and they pick it up and get a like 97-yard fumble return, something like that. That was what you expected with the Saints. You know, honestly, the Drew Brees era, as great as it was, has has ruined the fan base. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, it, like, you know, when it, everyone knew where they were when the Saints completely sucked um, and you knew what you were getting in for when you turned up or you turned the TV on, you know, you've now had these great years with Drew Brees and we're now trying to do something different but trying to get back there. Um, yeah, and that's that's where I think, yeah, we've, we've, the fan base has been ruined and, and you know, Drew Brees is solidly to blame for that. 
<laughs> that's a that's an interpretation. It's all Drew's fault. Yeah. <laughs> how how dare he be as good as he was? That, exactly. It's just disgusting. It's just, it makes you sick. But you you can uh, to that point as well. You can normally tell when someone became a fan. Certainly in the UK, because from an NFL point of view, the, the sports picked up over the last ten years and stuff. But I remember when we signed Jimmy Graham, someone was like, "Well, oh, it's a bit of a funny move." Not sure if I like it. And everyone who was a fan when Jimmy was at the Saints, like, I don't give a shit. I fucking love it. Jimmy Graham's yeah. back, baby. Dunk it on the post. And it's just, you can almost see people's reaction. And like you say, Matt, like you, you can tell the people who were fans before this. And I wasn't a fan before 2006. So I wasn't in the depths of the darkest times. Um, but you can tell by people's reaction generally when their fandom occurred. Uh, and some people, that's, yeah. that's just by the nature of their young. Uh, and they've got they don't they didn't have an opportunity to support the team any earlier. But were you yeah. were you a fan? Uh, uh, were you a fan uh, when we hit the um, River City relay in um, oh, in in, in, uh, in Jacksonville? The the game um, last game of the season in Jacksonville needed a uh, needed a a touchdown to to tie the game to take it to overtime. Um, and it's just one of the crazy. Is that when he missed the kick? Yeah, it's the one. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they missed yeah. the kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about five or six laterals, and then they missed the kick afterwards. Now, when <laughs> uh, when I so say I was um, at, at that point, it, there was no um, there was no like streaming services or anything like that. So I was following the game on um, on NFL.com, and they still do it to, the, to this day where they give you a little summary of, of each play. Um, so I'm sitting there F5ing away for three and a half hours um, <laughs> on, on this game. And I thought at, at that point, um, because the refs took so long to look at the play, uh, it, it was about six or seven minutes between the touchdown being scored and the touchdown being confirmed. So there's me banging away on the keyboard going, well, it's broken. Like, what's happened? What's happened? And that was the worst <laughs> thing about being a fan in the UK because there was no other source of information. You know, this is like pre-Twitter. This is or X or um, pre, uh, pre-Facebook just on NFL.com going, what's happened? What's happened? And then suddenly you know amazing touchdown confirmed we're back in it and then you're like right ready for the start of the um <laughs> ready for the start, <laughs> ready for the start of the yeah. five again you are fucking kidding me <laughs> I, I thought i thought for a moment you were going to be telling me that you were following it on cfax <laughs> oh, i was going to remind you of C-Fax. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely you used to oh, sit well, on a you... saturday afternoon just watching it go round and round waiting for the yeah, scores yeah, to change yeah, yeah. For like two um, hours. What's sad though? I'm old enough to remember when there wasn't CFAX. So anyway, swiftly moving on. Matt, you sort of touched on it there some Saints memories. So I think we ought to ask: um, Was it the Saints or the City? So how did you become a, a fan of of the Saints? Um, it was the Saints. It was it was my dad. Um, uh, my dad is responsible for a lot of the sporting habits in my life. Um, uh, we touched upon uh, Charlton Athletic, um, which is uh, uh, and, and it's funny because um, the Saints very much like 
Charlton uh, in the late 80s, uh, you know, a team that perennially had done nothing, yeah. uh, did nothing for years and years and years. Uh, funny enough, my wife said to me that one of the considerations, you know, when I asked when I asked her to marry me, she thought, well, if he can put up with Charlton and the Saints for all those years, like he's probably <laughs> in it for the long haul. <laughs> Dogged resilience. Your wife recognised yeah. dogged resilience. Character <laughs> testimony. Character <laughs> testimony. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, NFL first started coming on, I think it was 1987 on Channel 4. Um, mm. And I was only a young kid there, but I used to watch it with my dad. My dad had um, done some work in the southern states and had a friend who was from, uh, from Mississippi. And... Um, uh, and they came over to, uh, he and his wife came over to visit my mum and dad. And when they came over, they brought over a, a jersey. Um, obviously, being South Mississippi, they were Saints fans. And uh, they brought me my first jersey. And, and that was sort of it in the in the late 80s. So that was me forever. Um, there's a great story of that trip because my dad's plan was to take this guy um, to the football uh, go to the dog racing, uh, all the stuff that you would do. Um, and it was one of the times where we had a big freeze. And now these days, when you've got uh, Premier League football, they've all got under undersoil heating on the pitches. Yeah. But back then it was, you know, it freezes and that's it. Game off. Game off. So, um, uh, so instead of going to the football, um, they went to the West End to see Cats. Um, along with my <laughs> along with my my mum and his wife um uh, and and as the story goes about 10 minutes into it um this big mississippian turned around to my dad my dad's name's roy apparently turned around to my dad and went raw this is the silliest goddamn shit i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> my dad said he said it so loudly that like people were looking up from the stage <laughs> God. I couldn't imagine what he would have said if he had actually got to see Charlton. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, look, they, we, we can tell that in your household there's cultural flexibility, my friend. If you don't go to see the football, you go to the West End. Yeah, yeah well, see, uh, and that's and it's interesting that whole thing about um, you know what came first, Saints or the City, like. A huge thing in my life is is music as well. So you yeah, know, I spend my time I, I spend my time and my money going to uh, going to watch sports or going to live music. Uh, and I like to think that without the Saints, I'd have still found New Orleans through the music. Mm. Um, I think the Saints were the gateway drug to New Orleans. Yeah, um, you know they were the little they were the little puff that led to the harder stuff. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah, I watched. I watched. I'm, the I'm, Matt, I'm just writing. I'm writing some of these quotes down just for our when when Dan puts it up on Spotify. Just <laughs> yeah. So I'd, I'd watched the Saints for years and years, but could never, uh, never had the time or the money to go. Yeah. Um, then when I got married, uh, you know, that's where my wife went. You know, she said, "You know, honeymoon. What do you want to do?" 
And then she looked at me and was like, we're going to New Orleans, aren't we? And I'm like, if you want to go, I, I'm totally up for that. So, <laughs> if you, if you want to go. If yeah. you want to go. So so that was our first trip to New Orleans. We've been going back um, off and on every couple of years uh, ever since. Um, so we've seen loads of great music in New Orleans. We've eaten loads of great food. We've drunk loads of great booze. And I've seen a whole bunch of New Orleans bands as well uh, here. Mm. Um so I, I I saw Buttweek Zydigo here. I saw um, I saw Marcia Ball here, um, uh, and and I've seen um, I saw Rebirth here for the first time. Um, I've subsequently seen them all back in New Orleans. Yeah, um, and they're kind of the they're kind of the bands that you think about when you think about New Orleans. But and and you know this, Mike. Uh, I've also got an extreme heavy metal side to me as well. <laughs> yeah, so, and the, and the scene over there is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and so yeah. I, I mean, I've seen I've seen Crowbar, I've seen I Hate God, um, I've seen Goat Whore, uh, you know, some really heavy um, extreme New Orleans bands. But I, yeah, they're great. I absolutely love them. Yeah, yeah. What, so, what, what's uh, the our guy, our guy John in France? I hate John. Uh, he'll be yeah. giving you a follow after that. He's a big I Hate God yeah. fan and, and those bands. He, he shared with me a Louisiana <laughs> metal playlist on Spotify a couple of weeks ago. It's pretty pretty good, pretty heavy. I quite like it. I'll send yeah, it over I, to you if, you if you haven't seen it. I, I Yeah, send that my way. This, New Orleans has definitely got a... Uh, there's a definitely a New Orleans sound when it comes to, uh, to metal. That... Um, sludge core is what it tends to get labeled yeah. as and you think to yourself uh, you think to yourself if metallica had started out in new orleans it would have been way too hot to play that fast uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. that's where i think new orleans gets its sound from you imagine being in yeah. a garage um in the middle of the summer uh, and someone starts playing you know master of puppets uh, and you're like dave come on now uh, yeah <laughs> Is way too hot. <laughs> Slow that down, will you, mate? Slow yeah. that down. <laughs> yeah. What you were so obviously you went there for the first time when you were newly wed on your honeymoon. What what year was that, Matt? That was that was 2013. Oh, okay. So yeah. how how long were you over there for? So we were over there for we were over there for about 10 days. Yeah. Um we got a cruise out of New Orleans because uh, my wife wanted to do a cruise. Um, which was quite fun. Uh, so obviously leaving the port of New Orleans and it takes about a day and a half to crawl down the Mississippi to actually get out to the uh, wow. Gulf of Mexico. Um, and um, it, there's just, you're looking across the bayou and there's just sort of like nothing. And then you see just the odd shack mm. um, uh, and little little apartment somewhere in the middle of nowhere uh, and it was around about the, the time that the first season of uh, true detective had been on okay yeah. and, <laughs> uh, and so you you're, you're you're heading down the mississippi going you could bury so many bodies here i think that's what i think my wife said that she was like we could bury so many bodies here like this is a ma major disadvantage living in london like where where are we yeah. more? you're on yeah, your honeymoon I, and you're I thinking can. i can i can bury a number of bodies here i couldn't in london yeah. but i could here but i, I, could here. I <laughs> said it to you when i flew in last time and as i came on a different flight path and we went past the airport over that 
wetland and came back and I said to Mike, this like, it looks like a, a swamp and you could just see these, like what we would call like a wooden outhouse and they're just dotted around. I was like, surely yeah. people can't, can't live there, whether it's old, old places before the water has risen. But it, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. And that's, that's something, you know, that's closer to the city. So yeah, True Detective mm. season one, I love that series. That's one of my yeah. favourite TV shows. The, it's uh, a, it's the a new, standalone season. New one came out last new, night. New season, yeah, came out last night, which looks pretty decent. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, no, as I say, like, we know people who live out that way as well. Um, like mm. Rock and, and Luke and those guys, they all live out on, on in, in Lafayette, that kind of way, and on, on the way. I'd love to love to take a drive out there and see what that's Lake Charles and all, all that, that way, what it's like. Yeah, e yeah. e So you, so you're, so you were there for ten days, and so where were you cruising to? Like, did, was the were you on? Were you yeah. vacationing in the city for ten days, and then you were heading off? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. Jamaica, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel, um, which is quite. A, and from Cozumel, we got a smaller boat over to Mexico and went to see the Mayan ruins at uh, Tulum. Uh, yeah, can I have a, the number of your travel agent, please? Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was it, it, was, it was a good trip. Um, yeah. the, the cruise out of uh, the cruise out of New Orleans, uh, everyone on the boat uh, was either from Mississippi or Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 got partnered with a, a good uh, a good couple from Arkansas, uh, and he was uh, ex U.S. military. Uh, I remember being in. Uh, in looking at the Mayan ruins, it was about 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, and he just turned around to me and said, I'm sweating like Bin Laden on Judgment Day. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, I was like, yeah, 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 I'm pretty warm as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lovely, <laughs> lovely British, British, British understand, yeah. understatement. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so a, I'm, I'm a little bit sweaty. I won't lie. I won't lie. I, I, I could do, I like, could do uh, a, a lot of water. Well, I was going to say it sounds like a lot of bottles of rum on that kind of cruise. From those yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Worked yeah. your way around. Yeah. So, when, when you, so, sorry, Matt, I was going to say, so when you're in the city, what were the things that you and your wife did? Uh, what, Obviously, you've been a fan of it for a for a number of years. Were there were there places that, in your mind, you were like, right? I know I'm doing that. Um, had you sort of had you set out your own itinerary, or were you more? I'm going to go with the flow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we've been a number of times now, and and I guess it's a it's a bit of both. Like, you know, I definitely wanted to do all of the. I don't mind pour it putting on the tourist hat and and yeah. doing all the. You know, you know you have to like you know go and get a beignet from cafe du monde you have to go and get a hurricane from uh power brian you know it's like that's all the standard stuff you have to do you've got to go get a sazerac from the roosevelt you have to go and uh you have to go on uh on the natchez and and do all of that kind of stuff there's a reason why it's you know touristy it's because that's stuff that people want to do likewise if you're going to come to london don't not go to the tower of london because you don't want to look like a tourist like yeah yeah it's a it's a yeah it's a good experience so uh, we've done all of that um we uh, um i I remember going to visit the um uh, now they don't call it this it used to be called the confederate war museum it's called something else now that's a little bit more pc um 
that was a bit of an eye opener because I, I don't know if you've ever been there, but the the whole exhibit is how the South got screwed, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, so back well, when we went, it was called the Confederate War Museum, and I think these days it's called something else. They have they have deigned to uh, to change the name. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because even in that, you know, that's a small period of time. You're talking sort of just over ten years, and quite rightly, a number of the things that you would have seen back then, you know, have now, you know, there, there's been an air of consciousness to, you know people the individuals that sort of were well, in and around the area i found out today uh, today's martin luther king day i found yes. out today that in two states it's still referred to as robert e lee day yes oh which i find Ooh, shocking on, in this so, day there is, so there is a the, the question is which are the two states um uh, I, I, I do but, believe uh, it's uh, alabama and mississippi I yeah I, that's exactly what i was going to go for yeah. yeah, it's observed. It, they use it in Florida and somewhere else as well, but they don't don't publicise it. But yeah, I found out today. I was quite surprised by that, um, given this this day and age. I only ever yeah, knew I, the I'm... Arizona story about them refusing to accept it as a as a holiday. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm if I'm perfectly frank with you, Dan, I'm I'm not surprised about that. I mean, you know, especially in recent times over there, things have got far worse mm -hmm. in that respect about people being, you know, absolutely. Um, happy to sort of glorify in their their sort of racism and their bigotry so i'm i'm actually not surprised to hear that but you're right it, you know <laughs> anyway, it's a bit I like think... it's a bit like you've got um you know there's there's been some controversy that i've seen about columbus day um mm, yeah the italian like, the italians are clinging on that but like like imagine a guy who never actually step foot in the u.s has managed to get a um managed to get a public holiday that's pretty good going i mean yeah. we got st george's over here and he was turkish but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a public holiday yeah that's, yeah <laughs> he didn't get a public holiday yeah i get no. i got booed off of facebook for pointing that out when uh yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. St. George, get all these foreigners out i was like you do realize he was like armenian turkish yeah. Nah, not Georgie boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you he get, killed a dragon. You get yeah, that. they're not real either. No. <laughs> you, you get that all the time, especially with St. Patrick's and St. George's over here. It's like all the uh, all the lovely chaps on the right come out and St. George's say, ah, oh, how comes they celebrate St. Pat? And you're like, all right, okay, let's let's swiftly move on. Um, and let's <laughs> swiftly move on from here. So what did you get to do when you were in the city for the first time, my friend? The first time, um, we definitely we went and um it, it was exploring um the the streetcar was great um you know we went all the way uh, out as far as uh, Audubon Zoo and you know we went mm. all the way up to, to City Park um yeah. again you know it's in a time pre Uber um where you know god forbid you'd have to get a, a, a taxi where you'd have to know where you were going and be able to ask for it <laughs> yeah. uh, but I found that that was a really good way to explore the city. And, um, you know, we went and had a look at the sculpture garden. Uh, we got some uh, ridiculous photos of us on our honeymoon po posing with the sculptures. Um, there was one day we decided that we'd see if we could uh, walk down Magazine Street. Bear in mind, it was June. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh my! <laughs> You're either brave or brave or stupid, or a little bit of both. Uh, we looked 
uh, well, I especially we looked very British. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sound like Stephen. Oh yeah, yeah. When they walked in, I got a yeah. fun fact for you. Fun fact for you. City Park in New Orleans, fifty times fifty percent bigger than Central Park in New York. Do you believe that? I didn't know is that until recently. It is fifty percent bigger than uh, Central Park. Fifty percent or fifty times? Because I'm a bit confused now. Fifty percent, fifty times. All right. Would be okay. Too big. Yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> Jesus. Fifty percent uh, larger than Central Park, and I was really surprised. I see it on a YouTube video recently. I was like, really? And I googled it, but yeah, it's fifty percent, fifty percent larger. Yeah, it's it's a um, yeah. I, one of my good stories about that. Um, one year we were there for um, uh, for New Year's to see the Fleur de Lis drop, and um, I, I had a friend of mine who was um, uh, he was he was staying in a hostel that was you know a couple of blocks away from us, and um, this guy is um, this guy is I think he's the luckiest guy in the world. He will tell you he's the unluckiest guy in the world. Um, the, the, there's, and he's got so many stories like this in that um, we'd all been out. Uh, we'd all had uh, a lot to drink, as you can imagine, it being um, it, it being New Year's. He disappeared at one point. We we're in Jackson Square watching the Fleur de Lee drop. It was absolutely heaving. And he goes to me, we can't have New Year's without champagne. And I went, I don't know where you're going to get champagne from here. And he was like, I'll get champagne. Then he comes back about two and a half hours later and he's managed to acquire a bottle of champagne, champagne from CVS for six dollars. Six dollar champagne tastes exactly how you imagine it does. Mm. Pickle um, vinegar. <laughs> but Fizzy vinegar. Night, that night he was going back to his uh to his hostel and um he went down to the streetcar he was going to get it up canal street and um the next morning he he comes sort of like bounding into the into the place where we're having breakfast i was like wow you're in a chipper mood considering all we drank last night he was like he was like, yeah, when I was waiting for the streetcar, uh, I met a really nice girl um, and she said to me, you know, do you want to go to for beignets in City Park? And I was like, yeah, cool, let's do that. So we went and did that. And then, you know, I went back to her place afterwards. One thing led to another. Great. What a night. And I was like, man, you are really lucky. I was like, I was like, like City Park being an enormous, very dark, very remote part of the city. Like what part of you thought? I'm probably going to get robbed and killed while you were on the street. I was like, I didn't think about that at all. Like that was, um, I just had a really good night. Yeah. Matt, Matt can I ask one question? Is this, yeah, chap, is this chap, is this chap British? He is British. Yeah. Well, there, there, there's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we'll go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You, you offer us a sweet I'm, treat and we're like, okay then. Unfortunately, if enough people have listened to our podcast, they know there have been a few occasions like that where things have not gone so well for certain individuals. Um, oh, well, I but, had my mate, Gads. Yeah, I told you <laughs> something, mate. He, uh, he was chasing Tao when we was in New Orleans trying to go to... He was chatting up these birds in his bar and they were going to see Meek Mill play a gig across the road. And um, he was trying to chat him up, chat him up, chat him up. got so drunk. Woke up in the morning, we got him back to the room. Woke up in the morning, he went, goes to get dressed. He goes, why are all my clothes wet? 
So what are you talking about? He goes, all my clothes in my suitcase are wet. He said, I think the sink is leaking in the toilet, which was next to his bed. No, he'd woken up in the middle of the night, stood up and pissed in his suitcase and gone back to bed. <laughs> so, you know, chasing, chasing towel in that city it yeah. doesn't end well it, for anyone whether whether they get finished like, or piss the bed. It's either <laughs> one of one of two things. Either the city of New Orleans should ban British people, or they should make nope, a nope. huge advertising tourism <laughs> just direct it straight at Brits because that you know the amount of money that Brits spend over there and the amount of fun and stupid uh, tales that they come back with. I don't think. Um... I think one of the interesting things about New Orleans is, you know, how little people know about it in the yeah. UK. You know, you, you go around and you talk to other people mm. and you suggest New Orleans. They're like, well, I never really thought about it. Like I'd go to Vegas or I'd go to, mm. you know, Miami or I, I mean, Miami is dull as dishwater. Uh, it really is. Uh, out, um, and then Vegas is, uh, you know, Vegas is like some of the world's greatest architects got together and vomited their best work back up in plastic. Matt, you're you're absolutely right because I, I you know I don't know anybody, obviously apart from myself and my wife, in my family or my friendship circle that have ever been to New Orleans apart from me and and you know up until I when I first started going they sort of sort of used to look at you sideways about what well why would you go there and you're absolutely right that it's just a lot of people it's just not in their their psyche they don't they don't understand what the city's about or the fun you can have unfortunately I think a lot of people you know look at it from that higher plane when they hear about New Orleans, they just think, oh, it's a violent city. It's riddled with this, that, and the other one. And, and so, therefore, they they sort of look over it and stuff. But, yeah, you're right. You know, nobody I know has, has been, apart from the friends that I've but made you, since. Have you found that you guys become like the New Orleans guy? Like, so I have it at work. Yeah. So someone yeah. in another department, they was on a cruise, <clears throat> and they stopped in New Orleans for one day. She came into work. She got back following. She was like, Where's Dan? I've got to tell him I went to New Orleans and I did all this and it's amazing. I have to go back. And I was there for one day and I had a, and she's like, I had a, I had a, uh, had a hand grenade and I did this and I did that. And it's like, you just, because people know you go and when they actually find out about it, they just want to talk to you about it because there's no yeah. one else to talk to it about because no one else has experienced it yet. Mm. You know, Bourbon Street is, is, I've said this before, it is not too dissimilar to the strip in Magaluf or Falaraki or Ayanapa for what it is. It's something that Brits are very, very familiar with, that concept of just having a road with bars where you just get hammered. Um, it's something that's not alien to us. It's like it's the it's basically the, the fundamental part of our holidays from the age of 18 to 24 um, or 25. Yeah. So I just, especially if we love America as Brits as well, don't we? Yeah, the, the, the biggest cultural shock about Bourbon Street was being able to walk out of the bar with your drink and go into the next one still carrying the same drink. Mm. That's the that's the you know as Brits you're you're quite happy to leave a bar with a drink, um, but then you wouldn't be invited into the next pub if you still had your pint glass from the yeah. uh, from the previous. No, <laughs> even if you had a pack of, pack of chips or. Fries from like the burger shop next door. Go, oh, you got to eat them before you come in, mate. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all changed a little bit in the UK. You're not even allowed into a bar these days with a bottle of water. But, yeah. We, well, we, that, we, that sounds like a sore spot. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go any further down that route either. <laughs> um, but stay hydrated, kids. I don't think that, like I said, I don't think that for most people here, New Orleans is really on their radar. No, it's not. And it should be. It should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It should. You know, it, it should. You know, obviously, uh, you sort of pointed it out between you, the pair of you. It's like people think New York, they think, they think Vegas, probably San Fran, all these sort of places. Nobody ever, unless there's a reason to go there, thinks that they should go to the city. And I think that's a real shame. I've been, um, yeah. I've been to yeah, all those like, places and I yeah. like New Orleans best. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. One of my, my wife, one of her friends. Well, I don't know if you've seen them. They do that um, that music tour in the south now, where you go to. I think you go to Nashville. I can't remember where else you go. Yeah, Sun, but then you obviously Sun Records and yeah, and then you go to New Orleans, and that, you know that was the first time that anybody I'd ever known. It's not. I don't really know her. It's a friend of my wife, and she went to New Orleans. I think she was there for three days on this tour, and she came back and she met Karen. She was excusing about it. She was saying how fantastic it was, but without this tour thing, she would never have went. She was going because she wanted to go to Nashville, and it happened to be that New Orleans was tagged on at the end. Um, but yeah, look, we promote the city as much as we can, Matt. I know you would as well. Um, so, how many times have you been since, and what? What other things have you done when, when you've been out there? You, you know, you, obviously you were there last year. Um, didn't you meet our friend Mark when you were over yeah. there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mark over there for the tailgate. Um, yeah. That was, that was a lot of good fun. Um, actually went to the Saints game with uh same guy who'd got lucky um, uh, that night. Oh, in in uh, City Park. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was um, – uh, this, uh, this trip was uh, – this trip was a really good one. Um, this year, uh, we'd celebrated uh, my wife and our, our 10th anniversary, which is why we wanted to go back there. This yeah. year was also my 40th birthday. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in the end, there was about 14 of us went. Um, so it was a really good crew. And we had people coming over. Um, my wife's from uh, Trinidad. Uh, so we had people coming in from the West Indies. We had people coming in from other parts of the US. Um, uh, and your man, uh, your lucky man, he is uh, he's captain of a cruise ship. So he was on his way to Tahiti from Belgium. Uh, so decided to stop off in New Orleans for a couple of days. So it was, you know, uh, really nice to see him. Yeah, it's, he's got te- he lives a terrible life, that boy. Yeah, um, love to see it. Love to see it. Um, so yeah, he he came to New Orleans. And we we punished his liver for a couple of days before sending him off uh, to Tahiti for to for a couple of days to recover before his uh, the hardship. Uh, it, <laughs> the hardship. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was it. That was a really you know again. It was going to see more live music. Uh, I actually ended up. Um, uh, and weird how it's the sort of 10th anniversary of our wedding because I ended up seeing um, Electric Six um, at the <laughs> uh, uh, at the House of Blues um, and they they 
when they came to London in December because it's sort of 20 years since their <laughs> first album, Fire, which is the one that everyone remembers. Yeah. I think they've Danger, released about, danger. That's the one. I think they've released about 14 albums since then that no one's listened to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but they were really tight. They sounded like a band that had been together for sort of 20, 25 years. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and... Um, yeah, it was amazing, amazing to see them. I, it was just one of those nights where um, uh, I thought to myself, oh, you know, what am I going to do tonight? I looked at sort of loads of things and they were playing. I was like, that's got to be worth a look. Um, it was another good night. Uh, have either of you ever been to the, um, I forget what it's called. There is a li tiny little metal bar in, uh, in the French Quarter. Uh, you're not allowed to take any photos in there. And when you go, they've got, sort of all dungeon and th yeah that's dungeon. it yeah 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 been there a couple of times and stuff in there and <laughs> um, the, the, the the first the first night that i ever went there because the, well actually the first time that we were invited there was um when i went over for the first time with my wife and we were having a drink in a bar and this young lady and her gent came in uh tatted and studied everywhere but we were chatting to them for ages they were absolutely lovely really really good good um i'd say good kids because i'm an old cunt um but um during the period we're in the bar the girl just pulled her top down and showed me her fruit knees um then she put it back up she did it in front of my wife because she wasn't like trying to do anything she was just a exhibitionist and that's what she did and then she was we were drinking for a while and then they said about coming to the dungeon and we'd obviously i think that was the first time we've been in the city so i had a quick google about what the dungeon was um and sort of said to my wife oh this is what that place is and my wife was like no I don't I don't think we want to go there tonight I mean it was about two o'clock in the morning or something mm. as well so but I have been there since I went there for the first time with Alex uh our friend Alex and, um, <laughs> why we're not surprised <laughs> yeah yeah and um yeah it's it's I mean, Matt you can tell us your experience in there because I don't think I want to say it's, my experience <laughs> well, we, we went we went it was a monday night i think in the end so yeah, yeah so we'd seen the saints and we'd been out on uh, <laughs> on, the, on sunday and this was a monday night and we were looking for something to do um my friend was uh this was a different friend he was on his way to power trip if you saw that it was over in california where they have um coachella and they had it was all headlining bands it was iron maiden judas priest um guns and roses um, and someone else um acdc uh, oh, where wow. uh, they all played this festival um so my friend was going on to that um and he's he's not really into the whole uh new orleans music scene particularly but he does enjoy the city so we decided that we go and check out the dungeon um because again it's not a place i would go with my wife but it no. is a place that uh to go uh, and the thing that we found it's got a really cheap jukebox so um we were flicking through the jukebox going oh um you know they, they had a bit of this a bit of that um I, and then i said to my friend they've got uh they've got an album here that's entirely iron maiden they've got 15 iron maiden tracks why don't we just put on all 15 iron maiden <laughs> so 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 uh really inexpensive jukebox we stuck 15 um 15 iron maiden tracks on we had a whale of a time we're sitting at the bar uh knocking back some uh knocking back some bourbon 
singing yeah. as loudly as we possibly could to Iron Maiden. There was a Canadian couple just down the bar and they were like, hey, buddy, did you put anything other than Iron Maiden on? And we were like, why would you? and we desperately outstayed our welcome in this bar because uh, you know the <laughs> louder we sung along to Iron Maiden and it was sort of getting to the end of the playlist uh, and I said I said to my pal I think we've outstayed our way welcome here um I, I think I think we better head on and he was like yeah cool cool uh, let's do it it was like uh, just before we go he went back to the jukebox Put another five dollars in and put all 59 main tracks back. <laughs> <laughs> I like his style, <laughs> but oh, just just on that okay. on that note, Matt, I would rec I would recommend the Dungeon Bar to anyone. Make sure um, I think quite a few nights it's not as busy, and if you go there, it's from a you know from an aesthetic point of view, it's still a a, a lovely bar to be in um but if you go there when it's full on um when it's busy crowded it's a phenomenal experience it really really is um so it yeah, is a record small little bar yeah 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 and it is that thing isn't it you, you sort of go down but then you go up it's really small but it's up and down and it's all over the place but it, it's a really really worthwhile experience um yeah, just maybe not with your wife, um, yeah. especially when somebody's throwing her fruitly bits in your face. So, um, and the jukebox has got plenty of Iron Maiden. Yeah, if you're a fan, of, if you're a fan of that stuff, then it, it's it's obviously See, I, a place to go. I tried putting Slipknot on in Tropical Isle, and they wouldn't let it play. So obviously, had someone controlling it because they pulled the tracks. Well, and yeah, we did Taylor Swift, Swift, Slipknot, and then um, yeah, yeah, something yeah. else really heavy. And then I topped it end with like N Sync just because I was on, I was drunk and I was on a wind up. <clears throat> but yeah, they they played Taylor Swift and they pulled the rest. I was like, you bastards. Yeah, we did yeah. wonder, we did wonder if the barmaid was relatively new and didn't know how to um uh, skip the tracks. No, it's either that or she was an Iron Maiden fan, one of yeah. one of the uh, one of the two, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's all the I think play all this all 15 tracks over again. I think that with Dan's point about when we were in Tropical Isle, I do I think they that. try, they do try to create a vibe. So it's yeah, if they, if they think something's not, I, I wasn't, I wasn't adhering to that vibe. No, no, yeah, you're in, you're in, you're in a vibe of your own. We've spoken about this. The next day, you're on. It a was different two o'clock in the morning. I was, yeah, I was, I was not, on, I was on a different plane. <laughs> do they still have to? Because I noticed that some of the bars have changed up a bit down Bourbon Street. There, there used to be, and I don't know whether it's still there. There was a a version of Tropic Isle that did all like bluegrass and swamp music. I don't, I don't know. If that's still uh, yeah, there. I think that's still there. I think that's still on the other side of the road, isn't it? I think. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not sure. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's still there. I don't. I can't attest to the music, but I'm sure I know the, the the place you're talking about. Yeah, that was always good for a giggle. Yeah. I, when I when I went into Tropical Isle a couple of years ago, yet again with our aforementioned Alex, I got a lovely picture taken with a female woman dressed as Predator. Um, it, it, I don't even think it was Halloween. She was just dressed as Predator. So yeah, it's yet again. Not, that's not the sort Catwoman of vibe. on Bourbon Street. <laughs> no. You know the woman you can pay to have your photo done. Mm, and, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've skipped yeah. past her plenty of times, but. The there's a lot of things that you can pay for on Bourbon Street that you really shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think we've got a couple of British friends who probably didn't adhere to that. But anyway, <laughs> once again. Well, do you know, the first time I went, I just sat watching videos. like Because we obviously, I've talked to you before, like, booked it on the Tuesday, flew out on the Friday or whatever it was, Wednesday, Friday. So I'm sitting there watching YouTube videos, like, where should I go? Make sure I make the most of it. And we, we're watching uh, beers on bourbon or spirits on bourbon. And they've got a dentist chair in there, haven't they? Where she does yeah. the shots. Then she whacks her boobs in your face. And I was watching it, and Nick looked at me, and she went, you're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope, I'm not. I'm not going there. I did go there. I didn't do that, but I did go there. <laughs> Mate, you've got a... Uh, I was going to say, you uh, you have an, a, a, a sports team that it doesn't always uh, resonate with Norwellians that you, you follow at the college level. Um, Roll Tide. Let's <laughs> <laughs> you got a news and story about how you became a Bama fan, have you? No, but, but it actually, it, it comes from it, it, again. It comes from my dad. Um, so my dad worked for a company that were based out of Huntsville uh, in Alabama for uh, many years, um, uh, and and in a good bit of British nepotism, he got me a summer job while I was a student. Um, uh, and I remember having to call the head office in uh, in Huntsville and um, uh, this lovely lady going, is, is Ra your dad? He is such a nice man. He is such a nice man. Um, but then she said to me, now, if you go work for this company, you were either Roll Tide or War Eagle. Now, which is it, son? And um, now, this goes back to the whole thing about Crystal Palace being rivals of uh, Charlton Athletic. There's absolutely yeah. no way I can ever support anything that is... Eagles! With Eagles. Eagles! So, uh, yeah, so I was uh, so I was roll-tied. Um, uh, and then, um, yeah, and, and then, again, it's something else that we get more... We, well, we have had more college football... Uh, playing in, in the UK it's been a little bit hit and miss this year um when they all the TV companies lost the rights to college football right up until um, the um uh un, until the end of the season but Sky have now taken over the ESPN contract yeah. um and ESPN have picked up um what was the CBS Saturday night game uh for the SEC game so um I'm hoping that we get to see a lot more Bama next season, even even without King Saban. Yeah, that that was a little hey, bit. How are you taking that? Yeah, I, you know, it's going to be it's going to be all about can they keep the culture going? Um, you know, can they keep? Because I've read somewhere that Saban reckons that he'll still be around helping with recruiting, and I mean that's that's always the key with college football is how good is your recruiting. You've got to uh, you've got to recruit the best players. Uh, you've got to put the team together, obviously, and then it's about how many players you're going to send to the NFL, uh, and, and that's ultimately what drives that circle. So, you know, as long as they, as long as the recruiting stays the same, as long as they can keep the culture the same, I don't subscribe to this idea that the Bama dynasty is over by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, so, yeah uh, the only the only problem there, and yet again, as Saints fans, we've seen it this this these last couple of seasons, where when you try and retain a culture that isn't yours, it doesn't work. Yeah, um, because obviously that was one of the, that was one of the things where they employed DA, and it was like all about you know keeping the culture, 
the culture has eroded and it's the same you know I, I dare say it's sort of the same within the college sort of football bounds like individuals are different you can't try and retain somebody else's culture unless you were really part of it and da was actually part of that culture and he wasn't able to to sort of pull it through you've got a new guy coming in who's not really been part of that culture is it really going to work he's got his own ideas everything he wants to do i'm not sure that's the right way to go but as you were saying the biggest thing about college football is recruiting so as long as the recruiting is good and LSU seem to be doing very well with their recruiting this year. So that, that looks good for certain people who support LSU. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see you in Death Valley. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a regional fan. I support all of the teams within the region. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You mentioned to me um, uh, ice hockey before. So who do you follow ice hockey-wise? New York Rangers. What, so how is that how is that local region <laughs> no i mean college college okay. regionally ice hockey is uh yeah i'm a rangers rangers fan i've gone yeah i've, I've I sort see of, i went to see him a couple of weeks ago it's good I, i've sort of uh i've sort of based my <laughs> uh, so for other teams i've sort of based my fandom in, in terms of sort of geographical location to new orleans and you know and where i've been so um uh, ice hockey it's the lightning and i've been to see them uh, a few times they also when i started getting into ice hockey was their first stanley cup run so that was a, a great time to get into it um and then uh always been astros for baseball which is a which can be a it's a somewhat controversial choice depending on who you're talking to, but yeah, so it's sort of close to close enough to New Orleans for uh, for other sports teams, and and obviously nothing in Atlanta. <laughs> no, never in Atlanta. Uh, baseball, I sort of flirt between the Blue Jays, and I used to be like follow the Mets, but it's just because I I've been to see both teams. I don't, I don't follow them closely enough. I've got jerseys. That'll do. Nice for the summer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a thing though, isn't it? Um, you know, picking up because again, I I love sports and I watch loads of sports. What I don't do is watch loads of the same sport. So you know, when people go to me, oh, did you see? Um, you know, did you see Arsenal against Man United on Sunday? I'm like, no, because Charlton weren't in it. Um, uh, like you know, so I watch loads of different sports, and I have my teams for each of these sports. But I don't tend to watch loads and loads of other teams around it. So I mean, for the NFL, I'll watch a bit of the playoffs. I will watch the Super Bowl. I'll probably watch the yeah. FA Cup final, but I'm not tuning into um, uh, you know, I'm not tuning in to watch the Premier League every week. No, but then that's the thing. If you if you've got an interest in so many sports, I, I don't think you've actually got the time to be interested in other uh, other teams in that sport. You know, baseball. I'm not particularly a fan of. I remember being in um, being in New Orleans a couple of years ago, and we were in um, Manning's. We went there, me, me and Alex, and we came out, and they've got a huge sort of outdoor area, and the World Series was on, and it was quite interesting because. I was more interested in the way that because I think there was a conference on at the time and a lot of the people that were, were that were obviously 
in the conference were from the air. I can't even remember who played because that's how much interest I don't have. Um, but actually, I was quite I was quite intrigued by the way that people were reacting. I've got no interest in baseball. Ice hockey is a little bit the same. I think ice hockey is a little bit more on the fact that I'm not even given it an opportunity. Baseball, I have, and I just I'm not interested in it. Um, but yeah, I, ice hockey, I've not really given any time to. I know, obviously, when I, when I first met Dan. He was a bit of a fan. He used to go and watch his local team as well. So, yeah, I'm yeah, they're also my local team. Um, yeah, yeah, they are, of course. Uh, yeah, so to uh, give a plug, shout out to the Romford Raiders, uh, the uh, greatest beer <laughs> ice hockey team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but that's a good that's a good Good night, right? Yeah, um, into into Romford few beers while you're watching it and then wait, wait. You, can i can i just pull you up on that because you've just said something that i really don't get you said that's a good night out into romford <laughs> oh yeah make, the, that, the, make that make sense to me <laughs> there's um uh, i the, with the ice hockey is quite good fun the the um the quality is not great let's say um you, you um it's not the highest level of ice hockey in the UK. Um, it's 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 some sort of local tryhards uh, mixed in with uh, a few people who've never really made a career of it in the US or in Canada. Um, but it's you know you get to see people skate into each other at thirty mile an hour and occasionally have a bit of a punch up, all while having a beer. Yeah. Yeah. which is not dissimilar to just going down to Romford High Street on a Saturday night. Especially <laughs> <laughs> in this weather. In this weather, yeah. there You can just roll one thing <laughs> into the other. Exactly. But you're, you're absolutely right. Because, yeah, again, it's like the, the, the point there is I'm not interested in it. Um, but it's no different to sporting your local non-league team and, and going there, which I have done in the past. And I go there and you have a beer and the quality is not as great. But you still have a good time. Um, so, yeah, so th that, that's all on me because I'm not into the sport, you know. So, yeah, that, I, I'm, not, I'm not being horribly disparaging about ice hockey and baseball, but um, I'm just not into it. So, yeah. I mean, this I is, wouldn't mind this... next time I'm there doing a little trip down to Biloxi and going to watch the Shuckers, their baseball team, because their jerseys are pretty cool as well, the little oyster. Um, yeah, they, they've got a nice setting as well down there. Yeah. There's also they they get it right in the West Indies. Um, I've been over for the uh, Caribbean Premier League cricket before, uh, and last time we went out just before Christmas, uh, we got to see two T um, Twenty uh, internationals, uh, West Indies against England, uh, and they always do a party stand. Uh, they, they, Matt, Matt, can I can I just say? This was the thing that I was waiting to hear. <laughs> so, so the party stand um, is it, it's your ticket to the to the event, uh, but it also includes all of your alcohol. So, uh, oh. party, so party stand tickets for uh, West Indies against England was uh, seventy US. So, not a huge outlay. Right. Um, and that's uh, and you can get into the ground uh, about an hour beforehand, so you've got about five hours of uh, of non-stop drinking. Yeah, it's a it's um, a lost leader. That's that's all I'm hearing. 
Well, it's. Uh, <laughs> I was chatting for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was it i was chatting to um i was chatting to one of my friends before going out there uh, and they went it's probably a good deal because probably most people just you know don't drink like 15 beers i mean you'll drink 15 beers but um <laughs> for the most part yeah and and it's the rum um uh caribbean premier league uh is well has been sponsored by uh, el dorado rum which is from guyana uh, and I remember uh, going there for Trinidad against St. Kitts and Nevis, going up to the bar and you get a McDonald's style cup, which you take in with you. And um, I said to the I said to the girl behind the bar, so, hey, uh, what's included with uh, with the ticket? Because if it was here, it would be like watered down Heineken or yeah. um or, or some other thing that you couldn't have. Uh, and she was like, well, anything you want. And I'm like, including that bottle of 20 year old rum. She was like, yeah, that's all included. So she takes a handful of uh, of ice, dumps it into this cup, pours it sort of that much full of rum, and then goes, what do you want as a mixer? And I'm like, <laughs> come on, it's, that's a 20 year old rum. You know, why am I gonna put a mixer in it? And she was like, Oh yeah, okay, cool. So it fills it up to the top. So I've started the <laughs> evening out with with a pint of rum and ice. Yeah, I, I could that's I could tell you that's like the um where you were saying about the if you're in the UK, that's when you go on an all inclusive in Europe and you're stuck with their their spirits behind the bar, which are bloody awful and watered down. But God, that that would be well that I wouldn't be a dream because after about two of those I'd be just asleep. I wouldn't yeah, be watching cricket either. You know, like not, I don't want to say revelation, but something that was eye-opening to me is like you go on European all-inclusive holidays and they give you a little cup that's not even like half a pint. Yeah. And that's your beer. And that's what, you go to Mexico or Cuba and you got the, the Americans are walking around with their big old chugs that they walk up, go fill it up. It's like a litre of beer. And they go back, put the lid on, sip on it all day. No, that's, that's, what, up, I, that's, that's what I do. Again. <laughs> I don't I don't do all inclusives anymore, though I did one last year uh, for some reason. But I, I'm the same. I bring my own pint glass. I don't do that. That sort of that's that's the most shit. British thing you've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, I don't do all inclusive. But when I do, I bring my own pint glass. Hey, look, you, it, it, it's got to work you? for you. <laughs> it's got to work for you, Matt. It's got to work for you. Hey, look, let, let's veer back to the city of New Orleans. So we've obviously, I think anybody who listens to this pod probably realises that all three of us quite like a drink. Um, when you're over in the city, what is your go-to beer or cocktail? What What is the one thing that you, you have to have when you're over there? Uh, my favourite beer is uh, Chapatula IPA. From nice, it's about 6.6, 6. 6.7. So it's a, and it comes in nice large size cans. So it's a, yeah. I did it, when we went to uh, Knuckleheads, Mike, for the, um, when yeah. we was in Ocean Springs, it's got, it's got like the, the street tiles is the font. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is written in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That is, that's absolutely my, my go to. But nice. The beer scene over in New Orleans is really good. Uh, and it's, it's growing. Been, it's growing as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. huge over there now. 
we went over to uh, we went over to a brewery which is oh, i'm trying to remember the name of it but it's right next to uh back and our beer and wines oh what's the name of it someone will know uh but mm. spent a day in there uh drowning on all of the beers uh had a walk down um uh down the road down past the port stopped into many places along there including the um uh the nola distillery uh which was quite good fun and you can get a flight of whiskey in there which was uh yeah which is a a, a nice way to nice way <laughs> to off an afternoon <laughs> yeah i was gonna say to top to top the afternoon off in more ways than one yeah 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 we were I just need to tick uh, off which of these places let kids in for when I go at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's funny actually. That's a good point because you was obviously Matt. You were saying about being over there for New Year's. You're going to be over there for New Year's this year, aren't you, Dan? Hopefully, if I'm getting booked. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, my, and I'm, I'm eyeballing a room at the Eliza Jane that I want. So yeah, and I'm working. Well, they want they want all the money up front for the booking. It's like uh... I was going to say I'm working on my wife, but that that would be the wrong. Yeah, I, I'm 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 having a conversation with my wife about trying to get over at the same evolving time. an evolving conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. As so. far as the kids are concerned, um, you know, and again, going back to being British, um, you can do what uh, what our parents did to us in the eighties, uh, which was you know, leave, leave you, <laughs> I'm not sure leave, we want to hear this, Matt. <laughs> leave, leave, leave you outside the pub with a lemonade and a packet of crisps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, disappear off into into the bath for several hours and then pick you up on the, pick them up on the way out do you know what kids are kids aren't made the same are they matt that's what i'm saying they're just not made the same kids now if you go on an all-inclusive holiday and they get tired they go i want to go to bed i want to go to bed i want to go back to the room I go back to the room when i was their age on a holiday my mum and dad would just line up like four chairs and go sleep on there we'll yep. wake you up when we're leaving <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, it yeah, yeah. It's like, all right yeah yeah we we used to do that when we used to go away but my kids like there's six years difference between them so i remember one year we went away and um we had a buggy for our youngest i think he was only two at the time or whatever and my eldest was obviously eight and we were in a bar at one point and my eldest was like, oh, i'm really tired and we got the buggy out and just put him in it he was eight <laughs> years of age and it is and then yeah we just got two seats out for the young one and then just put the yeah, so kids man they don't know they're born these days they really That's don't. He's such an old man. Both of us do. I am an old man. Look, can you not see it? Well, well I'm yeah, old. But, Young yeah. at heart, but old in frame. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway. On that, so on that basis, book your trip to New Orleans and, yeah, whatever happens to the kids happens to the kids. Yeah, but book your trip to New Orleans and also book a couple of buggies for both of them. <laughs> for For us. For us, yeah. for Nick and yeah. Karen, so, just push us down yeah, the street. So, so Evie and Dill can just like um, push you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to go more than more than anyone else. They're like desperate, desperate mm. to go. How old are your kids now? Uh, they will be for that. They will be sixteen and twelve. Oh, sixteen's yeah. um, got to be a brutal age to go to New Orleans. Um, yeah, because you're sort of getting. You're getting close to the drinking age. In fact, you can drink at 16 uh, in the UK. Uh, yeah. Along, it, you know, you can go with to a, pub with a meal with, with a yeah. meal and you can you can order a drink. So, you know, you're getting to that sort of age to go to New Orleans, see all of that going on and not really being able to get involved. That's got to be pretty brutal. It builds character. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the most British term I've ever heard you say on this pod, Dan. Who <laughs> built character? She, she knows yeah. what she's she knows what she's in for when she gets older. Yeah, and when yeah, we go yeah, back yeah. to the room, I'll let her have a little little drink in the room. She'll be fine. Yeah, she yeah. only has like I'll, a cop, I'll... an odd Coppenberg every now and then. Yeah, only allowed one. All right. Anyway, we, we are yeah, in the yeah, it's, vicinity it's of out, no, it's outside the house where she's on the Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> she don't she go. She's all right. Like. She's not bad. Like, yeah. she, go. she she's got not invited like to a, a party the other day. She got invited to a party the other day, and she was like, "I would go, Dad, but it's on an estate." <laughs> so you're such a snob. <laughs> I grew up on an estate. I yeah, I don't want to go. I told him I'm I really, resi- I told him I'm revising. I really blame the fucking parents. I really do. I'll have a word We're with you too, state, mate. and I'll see you next. We're so up did up. I. Hmm. All right, let, let's let's veer back to New Orleans and about the let's talk about culinary delights. Matt, what what's your yeah game? What's one of your go to sort of is it like not in a hurry way, Dan? When he's over there, red beans and rice for Dan. But also, quite often, Dan will, if we've if we've been out and it's like, oh god, we need something to eat. Dan won't just go and grab a burger for somewhere. Dan will insist on having southern food. Um, yeah. So sometimes there there have been times when me and Dan have been walking the streets of New Orleans just trying to find somewhere that accommodates Dan's taste. Oh, Mardi Gras day we did. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I said I've got to sit down somewhere and have something. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I agree with Dan though on that. Like, you yeah. know, it, the the city's too good in terms of, uh, uh, you know, in terms of good food and sort of local food to. Yeah you know to pitch up in I, I mean even if you ended up it even if you end up in Popeyes like at least that's sort of some way going towards um it being mm. a, a New Orleans institution rather than going yeah. to McDonald's or Burger King or wherever no absolutely absolutely I went have either of you guys been to Jewel of the South no but that's quite, quite good that's it was it it was fun, actually funny saying that, Matt. I, I, I don't think I have. But do you remember a, a little while ago, Dan, when we were, I think it was when we were first doing this pod and we were talking, uh, I think we'd done a couple. And then I said to you, right, I'm just going to put a list of all the restaurants that I've been to in the city. And it is remarkable in a, you know, in a four or five year period. I think I had something like 48 restaurants on a list that I'd been to. Um, I don't think I've been to the one that you've been to, but it is incredible when you, because when you go over there, you, you don't necessarily want to go back to the same place. You always want to try something different, don't you? Yeah. And it's amazing how, um, yeah, so Jewel of the South, I give that a shout out. I had a um, a Wagyu tongue, um, which was amazing. Um, really soft, really nice. Um, yeah. That was what, that was one of the, um, yeah, push the boat out a bit on that meal because it's mm. not cheap. Uh, but that was a good night. Uh, and then the other thing that I like about New Orleans is in terms of um, the 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 thing you've got to try and avoid is eating too much at any one meal. And it's yeah. and it, especially if you want to do try lots of different things because you get into a place and it, invariably you are given a plate of food that is you know the size of your arm. Um, yeah. and it tastes really good and then you end up eating all of it and then you know when you're expecting to have a meal later you're like no i've got i just no. can't yeah yeah 
there was a um there's quite a good there's quite a good little and it's op only open at lunchtime is barbecue place that's on the way to the superdome and it's and it's uh next door to a brewery that was a uh, uh what's it called it's it's sort of like devil over moon or something barbecue uh, okay. and, it, and it's actually in the same building as a brewery and they go and get the beers from the brewery next door and bring them into you it's only open at lunchtime that's the that's in the business district i would not get any business done if i worked in an office <laughs> I, I don't know how corey does it working there eh? he manages yeah. to work so diligently i'd be out for food all the time yeah mm. all the time uh, but, I, but i'm with you there's there's so many places i don't have a spot that i keep going back to <clears throat> um i'm always no. up for trying something else um i've only been back to two restaurants i think um koshan is one i've been to more than koshan, once. you went back to this year, and, didn't you this um, yeah. yeah and uh commerce i've been to commerce three times so i like the breakfast in there but that's there's like a there's a sentimental element to that because that was i went there the day after we lost the my first game and i just i was so caught up in my affection for the city that that brings back that nostalgia when i sit down in there to eat so that's why i like yeah. to go back there not because it's the best food but it is good food um, it's a little dive diner type place, but it just the nostalgia yeah. it brings out of me when I sit down to eat. It's just it just reminds me of falling in love with the city for the first time. I think yeah. it's always good to have a place as well that is um, where you know you can get a quick bite because mm. you know you don't always want a sit down, especially if you're sort of um, you know in between doing stuff. You know, places like uh, I really like Killer Poor Boys. There's a couple of them. Yeah, uh, there's one in that, the Aaron Rose, isn't there? Yeah, and, and that's again, that's always really good for a, a quick bite because yeah. you know you're going to get something decent to eat and it's going to be, um, you know, a in and out job. Uh, the worry is with New Orleans as well that there is, you know, you hate to say it, but there are places to go where you're not going to get such a great meal as well. Um, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it is worth if you're heading over there doing a bit of research into, you know, what kind of food I like, what do the reviews say um and go and hit up some places it's like you know it's the same with people in you know coming over to london um you know i will not accept any criticism of london food because i think we have some absolutely stellar restaurants but we've also got a lot of bad restaurants as well yeah but if you come over to london and have a bad meal i feel like that's on you yeah you haven't done your research so I you say, yeah i say people yeah. you can't go wrong going down to borough market like for food like it's even if you don't know what you want borough market i you know i, I used to work near there and, yeah you you go past there and you're like nine quid for a scotch egg i mean yeah you can fuck off <laughs> yeah i'm with you matt <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself that, mo oh, that monmouth coffee down there those good stuff do love the monmouth yeah it's, it's a good place it, but you know yeah tourist trap yeah yeah, yeah. Past, you're, you're absolutely my morning walk Bolso, you're absolutely right, Matt. It's it's one of those things because obviously you go over there to explore, explore the food, but also you do have that thing where you but you were saying that like if you go out for lunch and you go to somewhere really decent, you might overeat. And come the evening, you might just think, I, I don't want to eat properly, but I just need to have something. Um, and so those are the times when you need to have sort of a 
places that you know you can go and have, even if it's a bit of bar food. Um, yeah. I just need to go and have some wings at a bar or stuff. And and I think um, I go to there's a place just off off Bourbon called Copper Monkey. And if I'm in that sort of in between period, I'll always go there and have something because you can either get little sides, you can get a main dish, or but you can get whatever you feel like you need at that point. And there are points where I've been out for lunch and I have eaten so much, but then it gets to sort of half eight in the evening. I think I need to have something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, always have that in your back pocket. It's always a really, really good thing to to be able to do. Don't just double down on a third hand grenade. No. Hey, look, and there's nothing wrong with a with a dollar pizza either. You know, that that they'll always get you through as well. Although don't go don't go to New Orleans with our friend Alex because that's all you ever fucking end up eating. Um, because he's so interested in drinking. Um, so yeah, I yeah, pizza or wings for Alex. <laughs> yeah, I um yeah, I, I like you. I remember um, I'd I'd eaten overeaten at lunchtime. I just needed something before uh, going in, and I actually got it. It was the tiniest portion I'd ever seen, but uh, the voodoo jackery and chicken places down yeah. Canal Street do a red beans and rice that was actually like quite respectable, even though it was in the tiniest, tiniest little. Um, I like that. I like them little servers you can get. We get like the cup of red beans and a cup of jambalaya. Yeah. I think it's a nice little. If you want to taste yeah. every taste multiple things, they're great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're, we're gonna get we like we we kept this like we're over an hour and a half now, Matt. So we're gonna we're gonna sort of start winding up by asking you a couple of questions. So your favorite current player on the Saints? Who is that? Well, wow, that's a uh, that, that's that's a tough. I I do like Tyron Matthew. Um, yeah. You know, I, I love the fact that he's sort of coming to the end of his career, and that he wanted to come back to New Orleans and do it yeah. in front of his friends and family and uh, and hometown crowd. So yeah, and I also think with all with all the sort of sort of known reservations that he had about coming back to the area for one for one reason or another yeah it's lovely that he he sort of put that sort of behind him and thought he'd actually grown enough to come back and sort of um do that and, and yet again we remember when he first signed uh, that was the fastest selling jersey in state's history when he signed yeah that, that's what I, he I means mean, to the city yeah, you know, an honourable shout outs to, you know, people like Cam Jordan and all the work he does for charity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in a lot of the Saints in, in that respect. I could keep going on. Who doesn't love Texas? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, fine. All right. Favourite all-time player then? we uh, I mean, and yet again, I'm going to caveat it. We do it every single time. It can't be Drew Brees because... It, it's, it, it's it, I mean, it's not Drew Brees because we've uh, already discussed this. Drew Brees ruined... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about your, your take uh, on Drew Brees. I uh, apologise. You know, f forever. Uh, he's, he's forever ruined Saints fans. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm my favourite player of all times, Deuce McAllister. Um, nice. nice. The, um, you know, when when we regularly started to be able to get Saints games over 
um, over here. He was a big part of that that offense at the time. The, yeah. the guy is was built like a tank. Um, he, he was my he was the first adult Saints jersey that I got, um, which and again in a time where it was not easy to get, um, uh, it was not easy to get Saints jerseys in the UK. Um, can, I, can I can I just ask? Would you be able to fit into that jersey now? Ah, uh, well, the good thing about that jersey is it's one of the mesh jerseys. So not oh, only, yeah, 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 nice. The old Puma so, ones, Puma or Reebok. Yeah, so not only is it uh, a little bit tight and a little bit shiny, but there's also um, you know holes all the way down the front. That is a that is a completely different uh, podcast. That is. <laughs> <laughs> That is uh, yeah, when, go well in the dungeon. Yeah, ne- next time when I come back to uh, next time when I come back to promote my OnlyFans, that's uh, yeah. that's what I'll be rocking. Uh, Matt, Matt with his Juice McAllister top on his leather chaps in the dungeon. Yeah, yeah that's uh, something worth thinking about, or actually the, the, not um, worth thinking about. Uh, and what was a what was a massive treat for me that um, that I didn't know was going to happen was. Um, ahead of the uh, last Saints game in London where um, uh, and it was uh, Mark et al had arranged the uh, Saints beat reporter team to come down to a pub and, yeah. uh, and speak to all the Saints fans and then lo and behold Deuce McAllister walked in uh, still looking exactly like he did when he played for the Saints um, and he just had so much time for everyone uh, and shook everyone's hands uh, and was just yeah just a really um, you know, yeah. as well as being a great player, was just a really awesome dude. Yeah, and we we have to yet again we have to give Mark Daly a huge amount of praise for that because I think Mark was very very integral in organising uh, that. Um, but he also, told me guys, off being late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the guy the guys who came over from New Orleans, all the beat reporters and Juice, obviously, and that was a fantastic night. Um, yeah, a little bit. A little bit hazy in my recollection, but um, yeah, it was a great. Me night. and Matt got cab- yeah. me and Matt got an Uber home together. We that. did, yeah, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say something so inappropriate, but anyway, <laughs> don't, don't. Move, <laughs> don't moving, moving on. Swift, Dan, have you got have you got a final question for Matt? Oh, you throw me there. I didn't. Uh... Right. I've got one for you, Matt, if he hasn't. Go on, um, no, go Obviously, on, go. Our, our main rivals, and we spoke about it earlier in the pod about the, the amount of disrespect you should give to a rival, um, is the Falcons. Apart from them, which team in the NFL do you... And I always use the word hate, which I don't know if is the right word, but who, who do you dislike the most apart from the Falcons? Vikings. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Um that 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 was so re- that was so reassured what what are the reasons? The uh, I, I tell you where it comes from. It comes from the um uh it comes from the NFC South uh, uh from the NFC Championship game of the Super Bowl winning season. Um the game where we systematically murdered Brett Favre. Um, uh, and right, uh, so I, retrospect. It, well, yeah. well, I I had a 
I ended up buying again. It's a t-shirt that doesn't fit me, sadly. But I, I have a t-shirt that, um, I have a t-shirt that says on it. Uh, There's a consistent theme running through this pod, Matt. Yeah, I blame the pandemic. Um, <laughs> that's my excuse. I'm sticking with it. Um, yeah, I did have a t-shirt uh, slightly uh, afterwards, which uh, said on it, "New Orleans Saints this year, no bounties. This year, we're going to beat your ass for free." Um, but Ooh, that particular what a t-shirt that that particular uh, that particular night um we went to the uh what was the sports bar in leicester square uh me and a friend of mine who's also another uh, big saints fan yeah uh, again because there was um uh it didn't have the sky subscription at that time so we went out to the sports bar to watch it we ended up sitting with um uh, a guy who was a saint season ticket holder so you know that game meant so much to all of us uh and i just remember there was three of us in the bar supporting the saints everyone else in the bar was supporting the vikings especially yeah. one guy who was in a vikings jersey um and i have never known such a big d-bag in my entire life just in a bar being a dick um uh, and then, obviously, when Garrett Hartley put that field goal over, was the world's most unmagnanimous Vikings fan oh, as really? well. And decided decided to try and uh, have a punch up with the guy who was from New Orleans. He was literally in the bar watching his, um, you know, watching his team. It was a it was a night that meant. And of course, he was a season ticket holder. Was gutted that he wasn't there, but was over in London yeah. watching him. So we were all having a great night together. And then this guy who was a Vikings fan came over and started trying to have a fight with him uh, because they lost. Uh, I mean, that's just, yeah, what a, what a dick. Uh, and I'm a, sorry, Vikings fans, but that's coloured the entire fan base for me. Oh, no. And, and that 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 is a horrendously valid reason for that. But, you know, as you're saying, yet again, you know, be magnanimous in defeat. You know, you can be upset and whatever. And, and we get this all the time. God, we were all at the Saints game. Uh, not like, God, two years ago now, isn't it? Um, devastating defeat. But God, you don't go out and try and sample with someone. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you <laughs> yeah. don't do it. Um, yeah. Now, now, valid reason. Absolutely valid reason for that. Uh, yeah. on, the way to, on the way to that game in, in Tottenham, uh, I, I was on the... I was on the tube with with Mark uh, Daly, and um, I remember this guy getting on um, in all Falcons gear. Uh, and me and Mark going, "Are you lost?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's not the message we say about the London <laughs> games. Every fan is welcome. Every, yeah, <laughs> apart from there, they're a Falcons fan. Absolutely right. Uh, Dan, have you got anything anything else to add, my friend? No, just a pleasure to have you on, Matt. Long overdue. Yeah, uh, great to absolutely. have a chat. And uh, look forward to um, getting together this year. We can uh, have a little drink or maybe hit the cater when they're doing a doing something. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe we all venture to Germany if the Panthers play us away. Oh, yeah, wouldn't that be good? That's a solid shout. I've been, yeah. to Bank, I've been to Bank of America Stadium. Uh, saw us play away at uh, uh, at the Panthers one year. That was uh, that was good fun as well. I um, obviously I'm there all entirely in uh, Saints gear, and they had this craft beer 
part of the stadium uh, and I went up to um, order a beer and I'm like, hello, could I have one pint of that beer, please? And the guy looked at me and was like, how is that sound coming out of that <laughs> wearing all yeah. the paint skin? Like, what is going on? I, I've, yeah. I've shifted. And um, guys, thank you very much. Um, I've been loving the podcast. I've been loving what you guys have been doing. Um, really, thanks for having me on uh, and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, this has been great. Uh, thanks, Matt. And, and the Appreciate one thing, it, and obviously, this is the... Um... This is what the sort of the main crux of this pod is meant to be about talking to international fans. I know obviously in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking to some sort of more local people to New Orleans, talking to them about Mardi Gras, aren't we, Dan? But we've got international fans lined up after that because actually that's what this pod was born of, was to talk to international fans and find out their stories and and your story is uh has been great Matt really has and there are so quote so many quotable moments as well <laughs> can't wait to go through it again <laughs> take care Matt thank Thanks, you my who that who that who that who that